Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Calm You podcast. I am Chloe Brotheridge, hypnotherapist, anxiety expert, author of The Anxiety Solution. And this is the place to be to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self. So this week I've got a wonderful guest, Susanna Hallinan, also known as the Happyologist. And she is a happiness life coach, she's a speaker and she's the author of Happiness Is Here. She's also done incredible things like been a TEDx speaker. She regularly speaks to people like the BBC, the Huffington Post, And she works with corporate clients ranging from American Express to Kellogg's to Lululemon. And she is an incredible person. I'm so excited that she is going to be sharing her wisdom with us on the podcast today. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to go straight into the interview. So welcome, Susanna. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. And yourself? I'm really well. Thank you. Really well. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. It's great to have you here. I've been really enjoying your book, Happiness is Here. Um, It's got so many interesting nuggets and tips and practical things. And I think it's really, really helpful. So thank you for putting that out into the world for us. Oh, thank you. That's that's really kind. It's always nice to hear. um, Yeah, that that something's working. Yay. (laughs) Cool. So, um, so you're a life coach and um, you do other things as well. But can you tell us how, how you became a life coach? How did you become, you know, go down that journey? Yeah, it's um, it definitely wasn't a, an overnight thing. It was a step-by-step process. So originally before the life coaching phase of my life, I was in the corporate world um, working for um, Sony in marketing, actually, and um, marketing communications and a bit of PR as well. And I kind of quickly realized when I was there that it wasn't it wasn't quite the right fit when it came to the company, the values, and also the things that I was doing in my work. And I kind of craved to do something more meaningful. Um, and as I was in the Sony graduate scheme, they actually supplied us with uh, a careers coach. And I actually got coaching on what I was meant to do and what what should be my next steps and I'm you know feeling a bit stuck and unfulfilled and it was this coach that actually helped me to kind of get the confidence to go after what I wanted and to get clear on actually what I wanted and it was that experience that also helped me and inspired me to become a coach myself so after that coaching session um, I kind of started 
exploring coaching in a deeper level and also positive psychology, you know, starting with reading some books, doing some online courses, going to some talks, doing a weekend course. Then I did a full on coaching accreditation. Um, and then I, alongside all that, I discovered also positive psychology, which is like the science of happiness. And again, I was doing the same thing with all that, reading the books, doing the courses. Um, and then I realized, right, with every step I took towards coaching and positive psychology, I felt more sure it was the right path for me to take. So then in the end, I, I took the leap fully. I left my corporate job. Uh, I went to do a master's of science in applied positive psychology. So I basically went back to university and converted into positive psychology and also did a life coaching accreditation and then set up my business. <laughs> so yeah. it was it the whole journey, I think, took um, about maybe 18 months from the moment I had that first coaching session with my coach and started to explore and then left my corporate job um, and then basically set up my business. Right. Yeah. So it's been quite a, quite a lot of training there to get to where yeah. you are now. <laughs> so yeah. they must be gutted. They've done themselves out of an employee by yeah. giving you that coaching. Oh, well, <laughs> their loss and our gain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And for people that don't know, I think this idea, this idea of positive psychology, I've, I've heard of, but probably a lot of people don't necessarily know exactly what that is. Can you explain what positive psychology is? Yeah, so positive psychology is basically the science of happiness and human performance. So it focuses on how we can be our best selves from productivity to creativity to having positive relationships to feeling fulfilled um, and having a sense of meaning in our lives. So when the, the kind of reason positive psychology came about was because, um, well, it came about in, 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 in the US and one of the psychologists, uh, Martin Seligman, realized that a lot of the psychology that we used to have or, or ha had up to that point was a lot focused on mental illnesses and things like that, anxiety, stress, and which, of course, we need to deal with. But at the same time, there was very little research or focus on actually happiness. Well, OK, we know we're doing a lot on how do we fix when we're, you know, at minus five and how do we get to zero, for example, but how do we get from zero to plus five? So that's kind of what positive psychology is about. It focuses on, okay, right, well, we're mentally healthy and stable and we're feeling good, but how can we be even better? You know, how can we be even more productive, even happier, even more fulfilled? So that's kind of the the whole side of positive psychology um, focuses on that. And and it's used in anything from, you know, like, like I use it with individuals in one one-to-one -one coaching, in bigger organizations, in team development, um, and even in community and, and society-wide programs as well. Yeah, and it's so good that this is being talked about more. Even, even now, it's not talked about enough, but happiness is the most important thing. You know, everything, yeah. everything that we really want is to get us to that place, isn't it, of being happy. So it's amazing yeah. that we just need to put more of our focus and energy into trying to achieve that I think yeah absolutely absolutely and I think one of the things that positive psychology has also brought into the mix um and kind of I guess introduced to the world is that happiness isn't you know this one thing or one destination that you get to it's like we all have our own unique sense of happiness and sometimes we each one of us takes our own journey when it comes to experiencing it so it isn't like a one-size-fits-all formula mm -hmm. and I think that's been one of the well, for me, at least, has been one of the life-changing things, because obviously when I studied positive psychology, I wasn't exactly the happiest person, which is probably what attracted me to it. And I've 
practiced and done every single exercise that I now do with my clients. And it just takes you on such a beautiful kind of inward journey that helps you to just appreciate things and, and have more perspective um, rather than just thinking, well, happiness is, is just forcing a smile and being extroverted and laughing. But no, it's also a, a deeper, more meaningful um, feeling that you can experience. Yes. Yeah. And and so, I mean, can you talk a bit about your journey with happiness? Because from, from your book, it sounds like, yeah, you weren't this kind of naturally happy person necessarily before. Um, can you talk about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was, um, I've always been quite a natural pessimist. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that comes uh, also because I am a perfectionist, a little bit of, you know, OCD and <laughs> everything needs to be in the right place and in the yeah. perfect as, as, as much as it can be. Um, so I think I, for me, I've always naturally found it very easy to critique things or, or find, look at, look at something and see how I could improve it or what was wrong with it. Um, and equally being very self-critical of myself and being quite harsh on myself. Um, and I mean, that's obviously still a journey that I'm, I'm, I'm going through. There are still moments that I can critique myself a lot, but it's a lot better than it used to be. And I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to positive psychology because I realized that I really needed it in my own life and, and kind of my my own sanity um, because I wasn't finding the fulfillment or the happiness and I was too hard on myself and, and all those things. Um, so when I went to explore positive psychology, I started to do all those exercises right away. And and the first thing I actually did was the gratitude exercise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So doing gratitude journaling and, and finishing every day by writing three specific things that you're most grateful for in your day. And I, it was, that was the first step. And when I started doing that and in the beginning it was so hard and I was like, Oh, I can't think of anything. And this is awful. And, um, but I just pushed through it. And then I actually started to experience that shift. Um, and now I kind of call myself a trained optimist. (laughs) So I can see things in a much more like better light and I'm much more positive and proactive when it comes to challenges or things that come my way um of course there are still moments that might tip me into my old natural pessimistic ways but now I'm quicker to bounce back from them I'm much more aware of them um and I've got all the tools now to to kind of get out out into the better side um a lot quicker and and more effectively without being hard on myself or judging myself for it either yeah, I think it's really good news that you can train yourself to be optimistic because yeah. I think a lot of people, and I, probably similarly to you, was probably on the pessimistic negative side, always yeah. going to the worst case scenario, always kind of expecting that things won't turn out or thinking badly of myself. And I probably, a bit like you, have had to sort of train myself out of that. And I think probably a lot of people listening will relate to this you know, sense of perfectionism, it's so, so common, Yeah. <laughs> you know, to never feel like you're doing good enough or, you know, to never yeah. feel satisfied maybe with what you're doing or who you are. Yeah. Um, so many people can relate to that. And it's just about, you know, having these tools that you can call on to train yourself out of that. Mm. Um, I think it's so, so important. Um, yeah. Is it possible to be happy all the time? No. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't, encourage anyone to be happy all the time because if you're happy 24 7 you know 24 hours a day seven days a week that almost comes into the mental illness sphere like that would you would be 
basically suffering from mania if you're permanently in a happy, positive state. Um, and also because it, it would be exhausting because being happy is good. It creates a lot of energy and a lot of positive things. But if you're permanently there, then it starts to drain you. And also, I think that's one of the misconceptions um, that I guess, yeah, you obviously know I talk about in my book is that happiness is the absence of negative emotions, but it's not. It's it's happiness is, is being able to cope with the negative emotion, emotions that you're faced with, because as a human being, we need to experience all the emotions, both the good and the bad, the positive and the negative. And, and the negative emotions really do play an equally important role because whenever we start to feel stressed or anxious or sad or something's bothering us, it's kind of like a sign for us to wake up and be like, okay, you know, what's causing this? What's happening here? It's kind of like, I call negative emotions almost like a compass because when they kind of come, they're like, okay, I need to like adjust something or something's not right. Um, or maybe I'm just exhausted and I need to rest. It's, it's kind of, they're like a, they're almost like not an alarm bell, but just kind of a, a little nudge to remind you and to check to force you to kind of check in and reflect and think, right, OK, am I doing the right things? Could I be phasing this in, in a different, more positive, proactive manner? Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, normal human traumas that happen as well that of course it's you know you have to experience the negative emotions in order to to experience them fully and then to start the healing process as well um so i think happiness is is really about experiencing the full range of human emotions not judging yourself for what those emotions are and then just having that ability to bounce back um, when you are feeling low stressed or anxious so that you can get to a better place again mm. I think so many of us are really resistant to feeling those negative feelings and mm. you know I know I know from myself and from the clients that I speak to being very resistant to experience anxiety or if you're in a low mood it, it can feel unacceptable and I think there's almost a bit of a culture of, I don't know, these inspiring Instagram posts that are all yeah. about good vibes only, you yeah. know, just put your positive pants on. Yeah. And, you know, we do need to feel those negative emotions. They can teach us things about yes. how to adjust our course in life or, you know, what we need to heal within ourselves. And, you know, if yeah. we suppress those, then we end up feeling worse, you know, yeah. in the long term if we keep it all inside. So it's about feeling it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because the more you suppress them or deny them or try to fight them, the more they grow, the more power you kind of give them because then you're almost fueling them with more energy and then they start to grow and grow and grow and they almost become something toxic within you if you if you're afraid of you know showing them or sharing them or even acknowledging that they're there so it's it's yeah so I, I'm yeah and I, and I agree I think with the society we're kind of almost now with with positive psychology it's brilliant that it's come about but then there's there's a lot of people who say oh positive psychology is too focused on the optimism and the happiness and this and that and and that's again that's another misconception it's this whole misunderstanding about what happiness is and like you say you you need all the emotions um and yeah the negative emotions don't feel good in the moment but the more you kind of acknowledge them and just say right okay this is what I'm feeling. Um, that's okay. I'm not judging it. Um, and then kind of 
then think about, right, um, how, what can I do to feel better? Or do I just need to sit with this for a bit? Or just do I need to practice some self-care just to calm myself down? And then that's how you can start to shift yourself to the other side. But the first step is always acknowledging them and, and just saying, yeah, they're there. And yeah, they feel uncomfortable. Um, but what, what are they kind of trying to tell me as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, such such good advice there. Um <laughs> And another thing that you mentioned in your book that I found really interesting was this idea of um, the link between kind of happiness and success. Because, mm. again, you know, this is something that I see so much. We're chasing success in yeah. our lives at almost any cost. We're working harder than ever. You know, we push ourselves. We pressure ourselves. We're chasing perfection. And um, it can often do us quite a lot of harm. What, what's mm. your kind of view on, view on that? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's I'm I'm all for going for goals and having them because they do give you a sense of purpose and they give you a direction. Um but it's not about expecting that when you reach those goals that's when you find this perfect place of happiness because in reality when you reach those goals you just set another goal <laughs> you just go bigger you just take the next step and then you kind of forget to enjoy the journey a bit and and that's why um like you say in my book I have this whole chapter on how it's not actually success that fuels happiness but happiness that fuels success um because yes of course when we reach our goals you know we I don't know get a promotion get a new job get engaged, get married, have kids, buy a new house. Of course, those are things that make us feel really good. And rightfully so, we should be proud of our achievements. We should, you know, be excited. We should feel full of love and all those things. But at the same time, research has shown that once you've kind of had that promotion, you get that spike of happiness, you adapt to the situation, and then you go back to whatever mood level you naturally have anyways. So it's not like they push you up a nudge and then you're on that higher level permanently. So it's really about understanding that actually when we learn to appreciate what we have right now, right here, and when we learn to enjoy that whole journey towards those goals and and remain a bit adaptable and flexible and not get too obsessive about them, that's when we are, well, much more likely to be successful, but also feel happier and more fulfilled. And there's so much more research now, um, especially from that the positive psychology field about when you are happier and when you're feeling more fulfilled, you're more productive, you're more creative, you're much more likely to have more meaningful relationships. Um, you have even, um, you're even much more likely to engage in health promoting behavior. So you tend to have a stronger immune system, lower blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so much research now that shows that, well, actually, if we more if we focus on working on our happiness on our mind, mindsets and really appreciating what we have right now right here still setting those goals and giving us that sense of purpose and direction but still working towards them with the sense of appreciation for the now as well and for the journey and for every step in that journey that's when we really find the best uh, and most fulfilling way that's also uh, makes it much more likely for you to reach those goals and and be be as successful as you want however you know you define that success basically yeah I think that's very reassuring I think it's, it can be something that's quite hard to actually really take on board and believe because we've been so conditioned to think that we need to push mm. and, you know, bust a gut and work yeah. really, really hard. And just to know that actually maybe we could just focus on 
our happiness and mm. how that could enhance other areas of our life. It's kind of a bit of a relief to to know yeah. that. So I hope that people listening can really take that on board and um, you know take that in because there is so much evidence that that is the case by the sounds mm. of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think there are certain mistakes that many of us make when it comes to um, kind of happiness or our search for happiness? Are there sort of things that you've really found are the common things we're doing wrong? Well, I think, um, I mean, I think one is, well, I guess the two that we've already touched on is the whole of um, realizing that happiness is a, a journey and not a destination. And that's why we can't tie it to reaching our goals, but actually learn to enjoy every moment and every step. Um, and also what we talked about, the negative emotions and not trying to deny them or suppress them because they are a part of being human and they also have a role to play in the happiness equation. Um, but I think the third thing is actually a lot to do with um, how we see ourselves. We we think that happiness is kind of out there, external. It's something that we need to kind of buy or reach or something like that when in fact it's a lot to do with just our mindset our perspective and also how we perceive ourselves and and again if 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 we if we look at research in an average population they say if you like measure their happiness and what's basically influenced their happiness only 10% of their happiness is dictated by their circumstances so and 90% is basically up to the individual and yes of course there are some genetics in play as well um, but there's a huge chunk of that that is just you it's it's you how you choose to perceive things how you choose to um, approach challenges and problems um, how you choose to spend your time you know what do you prioritize and things like that and how kind and loving are you actually to yourself as well so I think one of the the big mistakes people tend to do is thinking right well again chasing those goals chasing those successes and thinking that's how we get to happiness but it's like well no actually if you focus on working on yourself being kinder to yourself that's when you can start to get uh, on a more positive path that's more sustainable and then fuels that success anyways and a big part of you being your best self and most fulfilling self is investing a lot in your relationships as well. Because I think we forget to do that, um, especially in today's age where there's so much social media and um, connecting online, which I think is great because, you know, I as well, you know, I'm, I'm originally Finnish. I've grown up in like five different countries. So I have friends and family all over the world. So it's great to stay in touch through FaceTime, WhatsApp and social media, whatever the full works. But we need to remember that's not a replacement for face-to-face -face interaction because there's a completely different energy exchange that happens when we're interacting face-to-face. -face. So I think it's really important to ensure that we are spending enough time doing that and then reminding ourselves kind of when we're treating each other with kindness and love, reminding you to do that give that same kindness and love to yourself as well because I think naturally we are very self-critical um, mm. especially if we are in that perfectionist sphere like you said um, so it's 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 even more important for us to kind of look at that a bit and a bit and say right well how am I treating my most loved ones you know my my best friends and 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 my partner and okay right well 
how am I treating myself? You know, is this is what you're saying to yourself? Is that something that you would say to your loved one? Um, and just checking in with that as well, because happiness in the end, it is it is an inside job. So if you can work on being kinder and more positive from within, then everything else becomes easier and more fluid as well. I love that. Happiness is an inside job. I think that's such an important thing to take away to remember that. <laughs> You know, I, you know, I've definitely said this. I know I've heard people say, you know, once I get a boyfriend, then I'm going to be happy. Once I get this new job or get on the housing market or whatever it is, mm. and we're hanging our happiness on these external things, and then you might get your man, but then, you know, you set your goals on something else and he's still, maybe you, the pattern of the way you're thinking about things is, is the problem really or your attitude or you know you're mm. not appreciating what you have already and that is really what's causing your lack of happiness I think it's mm. remembering that it is we have control within ourselves to adjust our mindsets and that's where the, the happiness really lies um and you know we're so connected aren't we we're so connected I'm connected to probably 20 people every day on whatsapp <laughs> and um instagram and facebook and things and then i've I've even noticed sometimes a week will go by and i haven't maybe i've seen a couple of people kind of face to face but you know i feel so much better when i'm seeing people face to face and having that proper yeah. time together rather than thinking that it's enough just to be whatsapping yeah friend 20 times a day or something we need to have that connection don't we and that yeah you know being able to open up to people and you know hugs and physical contact yes. is really important as well absolutely um, so yeah um are there things that we need to remove from our lives anything that we haven't sort of spoken about in terms of if we want to be happier well I think that's yeah that's that's an excellent question and I think that is that, yeah that I'm glad you asked that because I think we forget a lot of the time to do a bit of a, a life cleanse or a detox so to say we're very focused on like or, or the world seems to be quite focused on doing all these body te- detoxes and things like that. But hey, what about a mind detox or a life detox or something mm. like that? So really learning to cleanse and let go as well. Um, and when it comes to letting go of things, um, yeah, I, I mean, I have a whole chapter on that in the book. And, and it's you have to really take the time to reflect and think of all the things that are actually holding you back. You know, maybe they're holding you back uh, physically or emotionally or mentally, or they're holding you back in your career, or they're, they're, you know that they're holding you your happiness and fulfillment back because maybe they're draining you or things like that. And, you know, these can range from actually certain people in your life to um, maybe it's actually a job that's completely draining you and you know it's not right, um, but you just are afraid to to take the next step to find another one or something like that. Or it could even be limiting beliefs. So things that you have about yourself that, oh, I can't do this or I'm not good enough at this or I'm not brave or whatever. And it's almost like we need to check in with ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And there is that beautiful exercise in the book, um, which is inspired by uh, another writer I follow called Susanna Conway. Um, And I can explain it to you quickly here. And it's basically you'd like give yourself, let's say half an hour or so, you 
get some pen and paper, some post-it notes and stuff. And on every post-it notes, you write down something that you're ready to let go of. And it can be a thing. It can be a person. It can be um, an emotion, a limited belief, anything. Just brain dump and do that for like 10 minutes nonstop. Um, And then once the timer kind of goes off, you've got this whole pile of post-it notes of things that you want to let go of. And then you basically read each one out loud and say, I'm ready to let go of whatever that post-it note says. And then do it one by one. And after each time you read it, you crumple up the post-it note and then throw it in the bin and then at the end of the session, take it out. And even though you're only doing it, you know, verbally or literally or whatever, it's it does give you the sense of freedom and peace and contentment. And you start to realize, wow, okay, so those are the things that I am ready to let go of. Those are the things I'm now committed to letting go of. And even just writing them thing da- writing them down and going through that process of saying out loud that I'm letting it go kind of gives you more of that empowerment and freedom to do that. And yes, yeah, some things are easier um, to let go of than others and others are a little bit more tricky. But just the fact that you're committing to that and realizing that, right, well, that's one thing that's not helping my happiness. That's one thing that's holding me back. That's one thing that's causing me a lot of stress. Um, then you, you can choose to let go of anything because in the end, you're, you're the master of your own life. So you get to make those decisions and choices. And sometimes they might be difficult decisions. Um But those are the things that you need to do in order for you to be your happiest and most fulfilled self. I'm going to be doing this straight after. I'm going to get (laughs) my post-its. I'm going to let go of some stuff. (laughs) I think there's something quite powerful about the ritual of Mm. writing things down, saying it out loud, declaring to yourself or whoever might be nearby that you're you're ready to let go of this. And giving yourself permission to do that, I think, is quite an important uh, thing to do. And then throwing it away, you're kind of really... Yeah. symbolically letting that go in the, in the first instance there's something yeah. really to be said for that so I think it's really easy with kind of exercises sometimes to just discount them and say oh I'll do that later or yeah. you know it can't oh I won't bother I'll write it in my phone or something that'll be good enough yeah um but but you know I'd really encourage people listening to really carry that out and know that the symbolism and the ritual can be a really important part of it as well yeah. And the thing with using pen and paper, um, it's always more powerful. It's And again, this is something that research has shown, whether it's doing an exercise like this or writing your goal down or writing an intention um, or even just writing your to-do list, whatever it is, when you write things down, you're much more likely to succeed with them. Um, and also, if you go into the creative side, when you're writing things down, be it again, your gratitude journal or your brainstorming ideas or writing your next book or something actually pen and paper can help to activate more of the learning centers in your brain so you're much more creative anyway so you have access to more brain power and that's why I always encourage people to use pen and paper as much as possible um, when they can great yeah really good advice there um what can we learn from dogs Oh, dogs. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I love dogs. (laughs) Yeah, you know that. (laughs) Um, Oh, God, so much. I mean, um, I'm I'm a huge animal fan, but um, dogs and horses are definitely my favorite. And 
the things about dogs is they are just so full of unconditional love. Like whenever you come in the door, they just run to greet you, wagging your tails. They're like, oh, amazing. Woo. Um, and then like every morning um, you wake up, they're right there ready for the day. And they're like, yeah, we're awake. Let's go. Let's get on with the day. <laughs> they're just so um, positive and so full of energy. And and they don't they never judge and they forgive quickly and they kind of give you all their attention and all their time. And I think it really it really shows, um, yeah, how beautiful relationships can be. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it's more of giving that unconditional love to your to your friends, to your partners, to your family, to, to any of your loved ones. And, and really trying to also wake up in the morning with a positive intention and saying, yes, I'm breathing, I'm alive, amazing, what are we going to get on with today? And then just, you know, jumping out of bed and getting on with the day and and the other thing, the final thing I think with with the dogs um, is also they're really they live in the present moment. They don't really know much about the past or the future, or at, at least as much as we know. <laughs> they they're not you know plotting something in their heads or or <laughs> thinking about oh what did I have for dinner yesterday? You know they're just they're just in the present moment, and I think that is that is an amazing thing as well. Just being incredibly mindful and uh, aware and, and just savoring every, every bit of the day. And I think those are really, yeah, magical things um, when it comes to hanging out with dogs. Um, and they're also really, well, they, I mean, they love to, well, depending on the dog and the breed and their temperament, but they do like cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> so, Important. And that's, yeah, exactly. And, um I, well and like there's a chapter in the book uh in my book about hugging and and you know hugging people or dogs you you get similar reactions with the oxytocin getting into your body and you get you know the love hormone the love drug into your body so you feel good your stress goes down um you get a sense of belonging you feel connected all those things mm -hmm. so yeah cuddling cuddling dogs or or cats if you're a cat person um is yeah is, is just as good if 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 yeah, if you feel giving a, uh, yeah, if you feel that giving a dog a cuddle is, is easier than a person right now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually spent about 45 minutes last night Googling pictures of Shih Tzus. Ah! <laughs> I would like a dog. I don't think my boyfriend wants to get one, so I might have to show more pictures of dogs to persuade but him. But... but have you heard of this app called Burrow My Doggy? I've actually signed up for that in the last couple yeah. of weeks. Um, well, I need because, to be more active on that, on yeah. that app. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can have a separate chat about that, but that's because I don't have my own dog at the moment either. Um, but we use Borrow My Doggy, Ooh. and there's a Labrador we've been borrowing for two years now. Um, mm. And initially, we just take him for walks. Now we, ha then we started having him for like a full day. Now we pretty much have him every weekend from like Friday night to Monday morning. <laughs> so it's like he has his like own bed and feed and everything here. So it's like we're kind of part owners almost now <laughs> um really and it's brilliant idea. yeah really it's, it's excellent yeah <laughs> so if anyone listening has got a shih tzu that they want me to walk then get yes. in touch <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing thank you so much for all of those nuggets of wisdom it's been so good to talk to you can you tell us about your book and where we can find it and find out more about you Yes, yes, of course. Um, well, my book, Happiness is Here, um, a 30-day guide to joy and fulfillment um, is on Amazon. So you can buy it as a paperback or also on Kindle if you prefer to read that way. 
Um, and you can also visit my website, which is happyologist.co.uk, and you can sign up for a free newsletter there as well. Um, I tend to send out some personal stories and tips to your inbox if you want that. And of course, I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as uh, The Happyologist. So if you just search for at The Happyologist, then, then you should be able to find me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. And I'll post all of those details in the show notes as well. So you can just click through if you want to do that. Great. Thank you so much. Hope you have a good day today. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Susanna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.